This is live with L Live, and welcome to Beyond Notes. I'm Michael O'Reilly, and today my very special guest is blues sensation, Miss Kat Riggins. Yay! <laughs> How are you, dear? How are you, Kat? I'm I'm doing. Uh, I think I'm doing better than than can be expected. You know, I try to find good in every day. So I'm doing well. I'm healthy. You know, I have everything that I need. I'm safe. So I'm doing well. Okay, that's good. And you are in which part of the of the world today? I'm I'm in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Okay. It looks beautiful. Your background, your outside looks looks lovely. Yeah, today's just, a good day. I just saw a bird or something fly fly behind your head there, or a butterfly Probably. or something. This is like a little tropical jungle. You know, so there are all kinds of critters and creatures out here. Okay, you guys get a lot of alligators? Um, not where I am, but on the west coast of Florida, yes, definitely. Okay, so you really got to be careful, right? Yeah, you just got to pay attention. <laughs> okay, and how's, how was things with, the, like, um, I'm in Singapore and we're not working, everything's uh, kind of on hold with the virus. How is it uh, where, where you're at in Florida, like, as far as uh, working? It's pretty much the same. Things have started to slowly um, try to open up. Uh, a lot of the venues are opening up at half capacity okay. with, with um, other restrictions in place, like they distance the tables and uh, their sanitation practices are heightened and things like that. So things are slowly trying to get back to being open. Um, personally, I think it's moving a little too fast, but that's just my uneducated opinion. Okay, okay. Of course, we're always worried about like a second wave or something or uh, more people right. getting sick or, yeah. Definitely a challenge, man, for sure. In Singapore, we're, I don't think we're, we're, we're really close yet. It might be still another month or so before they even attempt to do that where they let people come in, like you just said, half capacity or, um, you know, very restricted kind of thing. But uh, we look forward to the day we so can get back on stage. I'm sorry? You guys are still on pretty much full lockdown. Well, we can go out. Like out we can go out to get fresh air, which is nice. We can go shopping for groceries. It's supposed to be essential things. And if you can work from home, then you have to. But of course, uh, being a musician, entertainment venues and bars and clubs are all completely closed. Completely. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think we still got a ways to go. But we're looking forward to the day when we can, uh, we can get back on stage. I'm sure you are as well, right? And yes, definitely. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, man. I like, I love your new song. Um, guys, uh, Kat has a new song called Cry Out and uh, I'm sure it's available on all the streaming platforms. I found it in iTunes myself. Thank you, Michael. I'm excited. Um, I I'm excited about the release. And the, the thing about Cry Out, we were not supposed to release it as, as a single. The original plan was to release the entire project at the end of May. But okay. then COVID hit and um, my tours were canceled. So you can't, you know, obviously it doesn't make sense to release a record you can't tour to promote. Mm -hmm. So um, we decided on releasing a single kind of every month, I think until the end of August, which should be the release of the rest of the full project. So Cry Out was, happened to be the first single on the release, um, single that we released and it, you know, and then, then the crap hit the fan, and, and it became extremely relevant for, for this moment. It really is. Uh, I was listening to it, of course, and what you sing about the lyrics, it is very relevant for what's going on today in the world, especially this last week, what's going on in America, and now, of course, it's it's spreading all globally. It's going in a yeah. lot of countries. People are protesting, and uh, um, it's very relevant, very timely. What you're singing about, guys, should really check this out. Um, yeah, I found it in iTunes. I'm assuming you're on Spotify as well. Yeah, yeah. Spotify, Just, uh, all of the Apple stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, uh, what's the other streaming? I see, I'm not. Uh, whatever your favorite streaming platform whatever, is. It, so it's there, it's there. You yeah. can find it on everything. Yeah, okay. It's great, <laughs> man. And it's cool, it's interesting, because, um, I mean, I love the blues, and uh, it's really my first, you know, thing in music as a guitar player. That's where I started, 
Uh, that's what drew me to the guitar. I actually grew up uh, playing the drums. My dad played drums and uh, I really wanted to be a drummer. And uh, when I couldn't play drums anymore because it was too noisy, uh, my uncle <laughs> gave me a guitar and um, it was the blues that, that uh, drew me into the guitar, really. It's, uh, I think it's really cool that you've, you've, gone into, um, you've gone into it like wholeheartedly. You've made a, like a career decision to, uh, to be like, like a, a blues singer, to do yeah. blues music. Yeah, um, I, and I hear that story a lot. A lot of musicians are influenced first by the blues. Um, and it's, not, it's a common story, and I say it all the time. The blues is, is the mother of American music. You know what I mean? Everything is born from that. And it's all rock and roll, um, you know, bluegrass, folk, that kind of stuff. It's all stems from the same trunk. You know what I mean? So that makes me happy to hear that that you are a blues fan. I see your background and I'm digging it. I feel like the blues chose me though. Um, you know, when I was in LA, we do top 40. And, right. Um, right. So even then when I'm singing Pussycat Dolls, I still had the blues inside of me. So my delivery, even though I tried to get it as close to the original as possible, my delivery still came off kind of blues dirty. So there's no getting away from it for me. I, I still say that I didn't choose the blues. It chose me. That's great. I was watching uh, an interview. I went to your, uh, to your website and I watched you uh, talking about that. Did you found that it really suited your, your voice vocally? Right. And uh, I, yeah, so just making that, that decision, I'm gonna just go, go for it, man, and, and do blues. I think that's, that's really cool. Yeah, I felt like, I think I was being hard headed when I got back home, cause before L Live, I was a bartender forever. <laughs> and then after L Live, I came back home knowing that I needed to get into to music uh, full time, but I still was being hard headed. I went back to the bar and um, after a while, I just had no choice, but to listen to the voices in my head and to God and to just pick up the microphone and go for it fully because there was going to be no movement if I didn't. I love it. And I also, I also read that uh, your influences, you were like, you used to kind of go into your parents' uh, record collection and, uh, <laughs> and listen to stuff in there. And that kind of was a big influence on you as well. Huge, huge. My parents always um, had music playing in the house. So there was really no need for me to even dig. It was always playing. We woke up to music. Our alarm clock wasn't set to that annoying beep or buzz when the radio came on in the morning, that was our alarm clock. So there was music all around me all the time from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep. And it was from blues and R&B and soul, gospel, then you got country in there and then we go to rock and roll. My mom loved that old school hip hop, like salt and pepper and and all that. So it's all- It's all in there. It's all in there. It's all in there. So I was, I was influenced greatly by that collection, which is why my, my music comes off not as traditional blues, but because there's so many other influence in there, the safest way to describe it is contemporary blues. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there is a, a fusion. Mm-hmm. There's a fusion in there. There's a blend of all those different styles, a little bit of all those styles kind of get it when you sing and when you do your own music. Yeah, I can't get away from it, even if I try. It's great. I think you're being true to yourself as an artist. You know, you just go into it, and uh, that's your your, uh, your your chosen kind of style to express yourself. But you, your influences still kind of come out anyway, right? Right, right. No matter what, no matter what we do, I think if we are being authentic and if we're being honest, um, then you are going to come out of whatever you try to publish. It, there's always going to be me in there and I can't like my um, inner self is so bossy that I can't ignore her. <laughs> <laughs> that voice in your head is very, uh, very aggressive, right? It's the one look, man, you gotta, you gotta do this. You gotta, <laughs> if it needs it. to be said, then she's going to say it. So we, uh, <laughs> I just try to work 
um, work with that. And, and that, that way it, it's not as difficult and it's not trying and it doesn't feel like a chore or a job. And right. I feel in love with it. That's awesome. Let me ask you, Kat, is, is it hard when you're just doing blues, uh, like work-wise? Um, you know, when I was a kid, when I was coming up, I played in Montreal for many years before I came to Asia. And uh, this is going back though, you know, I've been doing this a long time. So I'm going back like over 20 years ago. And where I'm from in Montreal, there was a very uh, vibrant blues scene. There was like a lot of clubs that um, they were actually just blues. If you went in there, you're going to hear blues. You're not going to hear Top 40. You're not going to hear uh, Hank Williams. You're not going to hear R&B. You're going to hear like shuffles and straight ahead blues. There was a bunch of clubs like that. And you'd go in and it was just, I remember how, how awesome it was. I went back to Montreal. I took my older son, uh, maybe three or four years ago I'm not really sure exactly but um I was trying to show off and I walked them down all these streets where these clubs that I used to play in and unfortunately they're uh they're not around anymore now the um I guess the the landscapes kind of change musically uh what is it like in like for example in Florida are there are, is, are there clubs where you go where it's just kind of a, a blues club not that they focus only on blues, but there is a huge blues scene in South Florida. Um, and most of the clubs do have other styles of music in there. Like there's some clubs that, um, I guess the demographic is blues fans, but right. they have funk bands, you know, R&B bands, top 40 bands, some rock bands that go in there. But the, the, the blues following and the the amount of blues talent here in South Florida is largely underestimated. There are so many talented blues musicians right here in my backyard. So a lot of the clubs be catered to that. So they end up being blues clubs, but not on purpose. Okay, by default, because a, right. a lot of musicians, yeah, they, they like playing blues and they they, they want to they want to play blues in bands and. Uh... Right. I mean, we have. I think three or four blues jams in this area weekly. So almost every day of the week, there's a jam, well, not now, but there was a jam for blues, you know? And um, for instance, we have a club that used to be just a pub, an Irish pub right here in, in um, Fort Lauderdale. And now it's like our local juke joint. Okay. Yeah. So I wanna say yes, and no, there are no, there's no all blues clubs on purpose, but they end up being that way. Right, I see. So, like you, when you were working before the virus and everything, I guess you were you were doing like uh, I noticed like festivals are really big if you're if you're into the blues scene. Yeah. Doing most mostly festivals, more more so than clubs. Um, as much well lately, yeah, lately as much as I can, I've been doing festivals. In the beginning, I was just doing the local scene. Uh, when I first got back and first got started, and then things started to pick up and I started to travel. So um, so the festival started coming on the theaters and, and all that stuff. But when I'm home, it's mostly just my local pubs and clubs and, and hangouts like that. Okay. We keep it intimate. Okay, cool. But yeah. it's, it's still gigs, it's still work. It's still, you can it's go still and still, it's still gig. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. You know, I've been known to not turn down many gigs in my in my time. So, you know, especially if it's uh, music that you really enjoy playing. And uh, yeah, I used to do a lot, a lot of blues gigs just with all blues repertoire with, with bands. And uh, as a guitar player, it's like, you know, for me, I was in heaven. Yeah. It's like, and it's, like, it's not really work. You know, we, we do the we do the music for free. It's it's the the business part of, of the show that that we need <laughs> that we charge for, you know all that heavy lifting and everything behind the scenes. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, well put. Yeah, of course we would do it. Just, we love it so much. We would do it for free, but what entails to put it together is where all, all the, the, the work is, is involved. Right. right. Yeah. And tell me, um, like, um, the L live thing, how did that come about? How did you, uh, start? Cause we, we we've never, we, we've never met, right? We met oh once. Oh, no, so no, Mike, don't even, no, 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 don't. It was like, back in 2011 or 12, something like that. Okay, it was not, they don't even worry about it. Okay, was I drinking? We all were. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. I apologize, man. Well, where was it? Which country were we in? I think it had to be Vietnam. I think okay. so. I, I think it had to be Vietnam. Okay. You know I what? Think... No. You know what? No, I'm thinking about La Joie. Okay. The other Mark. one. That's Mark. Mark. Mark Joie. So many names. So, so many. many yes, Mark and Mike. I know. I we get I get mixed up all the time. I get I get called Mark yeah. often, and Mark gets called Mike often. So so then we haven't met. I don't think so. Maybe okay, online, okay. but I don't. Think so. okay, okay. So now I, we're I, good. I felt bad. bad. I know I just felt bad. We've met and I'm like, I don't remember meeting you. That's just, that's kind of not, you know, yeah. So, <laughs> like, you know how many, I know how many people are in the, the Alive family. So I wouldn't, I would never hold it against you. There's a lot now. There's a lot now. But going back when you joined, like, um, how did that come about? Did you just see like uh, the, the uh, ad law, uh, like something online that you applied for, Cash? Yeah. So I had seen the ad um, maybe a year before I actually went for it uh but at the time that i saw the ad i was in a different situation and and i felt like like i just couldn't afford to to break myself away and be gone for a year because that was the initial like you got to be willing to be gone for a year and and i couldn't do that at the time so the commitment um, right and then a, a year passed and i came across the ad again and my wife now who was uh, my girlfriend at the time right. encouraged me to go for it. And we had just started dating. And I, that was something like I said, no, we just started dating. I don't want to, whatever. And it's, she said, yeah. right. And she said to me, you know, I, if you turn this or if you don't go for this just because we're together, I won't respect you the same. Oh, so when okay. somebody tells you that, okay. you get your ass in gear. You get your ass so, in gear. Yeah. yeah. So I, I went for it. I Weeks went by before I even got a response. So I just was like, ah, I tried. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Then okay. I got the first response. Then, and that was from Mark. And then I got, Mark. Yeah. yeah. And then Emily started contacting me too with logistical stuff. And George then called me for my final interview on Skype back in okay. Skype and he tried to basically talk me out of it <laughs> and that's really? when I knew yeah that's when I knew that I could trust the company because he was telling me you know George doesn't want to waste time mm -hmm. so you know, so he doesn't want to bring somebody out there who's got these rose-colored glasses on and then they get out there and they're shocked you know, so he he was asking me about everything and putting everything on the table and all the good, the bad and the heavy. Yeah. So I could sort through it all and still say, I'm in, I'm still in, I don't care. And he was like, well, you just got into a relationship, right? How's that going to work? Are you going to be okay? Because relationships don't last when you split up and da, da, da. you know, he was mm -hmm. being real. And um, thank God he was wrong. My mind lasted. I was going to say, uh, I'm glad he was wrong about the relationship thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah but everything he, else, was, he, everything he, else worked out okay. Yeah. Then he took the time to make sure that I was strong enough in my mind to, to actually um, take on a challenge like that. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it was fun being out there. But that was work, man. Absolutely. It's six nights, six nights a week being on stage and having to deliver at a very high output and... Uh, you know, full out, full out. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I got a chance I, to see you or work with you. And I, I didn't. I told, I tell people all the time. If I'm, if L live comes up, L live was like my boot camp for what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. It got me in shape. It got my mind ready. It I learned, I learned a lot of things, especially about um, utilizing the entire stage. Cause you know, in the beginning, how they, uh, you have to learn the songs via Skype first before you get out on yeah. the road. Mm -hmm. um, so I would send in my videos of me learning the songs, but I'm standing there kind of reciting the songs. And Mark's like, great, but work the stage. And I'm like, what stage? Work your screen. You know, it's, it's regimented and training and 
everything that L Live did for me, everything that I experienced in L Live, I feel like if it wasn't for those things, I would have quit this thing a long time ago. Because being a live musician for a living full time, especially in the blues, it ain't for the, the faint of heart. You I'm sure it something. isn't. Yeah, I'm sure it isn't. The girl right. in the boys club, right, Cash? Amen. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's great. I mean, it's, it's good. I think, yeah, what you just said is so, so, so on, you know, you come out, if you make that commitment, you come all the way overseas, you know what to expect, you know, the expectation you've been briefed and you're like, it's cool. I'm ready to do it. You, you take on the challenge and uh, you reap the benefits I, I, when you went on to, to do your own thing, I guess. Right. I, yeah, I absolutely did. And I'm grateful for it every day. I remember my first, okay. I think it was, I can remember it was January, no, February, 20, or 28th flying into Vietnam so you started you started in Vietnam or you went there just to kind of rehearse no I started in Vietnam at Club 20 oh at the Sheraton yeah oh, oh wow okay yeah uh level level 23 level 23 yes. I, it was so, <laughs> so I started there but the funny thing is the the um the band before us was still there our rooms right. weren't ready. So we had to check into another hotel. We didn't even go into, into the hotel when the taxi arrived at the, it was Delbert and I together in the taxi. Okay, Del, Delbert, right on. Yeah, and um, and we got there and George was waiting outside of the hotel and he's like, your rooms aren't ready yet. Let me take you to the hotel around the corner. This is your temporary room until the band leaves. And then he's like, go get dressed. We're going out. So George, <laughs> Meanwhile, you just got off like probably a 30 hour journey. Exactly. I was 28 hours on the plane, ready to just, you know, take a shower and lay down. George is like, get dressed. We're going out. The whole team. Um, this was Express Band. And uh, they had just gotten back. Actually, Delbert had just before that, that was, he was coming off of his little vacation because they went to Egypt or something. Anyway. Right, right, right. Right. So then we go to this club called Atomic Bomb, I think it was called, right down the street from- Oh, uh, wait, I know where you went. I know exactly where you went. Uh, oh my goodness. I used to go there all the time. I know you, you sit in the back and they make hot dogs and- uh, Outdoor area. Apocalypse, apocalypse. Apocalypse, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, that way. Apocalypse, oh my goodness. You got initiated the first initiated night. Initiated through apocalypse. We were done. So after Apocalypse, I'm thinking, okay, now we're going to go. Because we sat out back, we danced a little bit inside. Now we're going to go back to our room and I can chill. Man, George has some energy and I don't know where it comes from. But after that, we went to this street food thing and okay. just come out until like three, four in the morning. I don't know, man. Yeah. Yes. And that was my welcome to L Live experience. That's cool. What a great story, man. That's very cool. And how long were you uh, with LI for? Were you there for a couple of contracts? I was there a year and a half. After my first year, uh, they gave me the opportunity to extend for six months. Okay. Um, so you played like in, in um, I'm sorry, you played uh, Vietnam and then you went afterwards. Where'd you go? After Vietnam, we went to Bangkok. Oh, okay. You uh, played Spaso? Right, Spaso. Um, and then Beijing to Xiu. Right. I've not, not been there. Then Korea to JJ's. I've been there. And then to Abu Dhabi to not the Jazz Club. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So you did like five, five different venues. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, Vietnam was only two months for us. Okay. Was there any of those five places you preferred over the others or was it just like different experiences? Right, exactly. So there are things that I would take from each place to build the perfect experience because I loved my entire stint with, with El Live, but I had like my, the food in Thailand and in China. I would take that. And I loved the hotel in, in um, Ho Chi Minh City. That oh yes, the Sheraton was, oh, it was beautiful, wasn't it? And the, up the, and the the housekeeping. There's one little dude that used to uh, cater to our whole floor. Right. 
in Vietnam and he would bring me rambutans and mangoes and all these beautiful fruit because the first time he did it, I made a big deal out of it. Right. And so I would take him and the bathroom from Vietnam. I would just take little things from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Vietnam was great for me too. I still, still, my heart, I still love it very much. Great, great people. And uh, yeah, we had, we loved playing there, Cat. It was such a, just a nice, well, it was a beautiful hotel to stay in, of course. And, uh, you know, just to be able to go out you know, just locally and hang out. And there was clubs nearby right. and you can go eat. Hang out, walk around, you can get anywhere. And, and I think I lucked out because that being my first experience with a live, it made it, it made it an easy transition from the life that I was in before L Live. You know, I, I think so. I think it was a, moving into the hotel right away and feeling like a freaking superstar. You know what I mean? We, we <laughs> lived like well beyond our means and, and you know, it just felt good to be initiated like that. Mm-hmm. So that's great. That's great. <laughs> That's I, I, I wish we had met at, at some some point during that, but I guess if you were with Express Band, who, who was the band leader? At the time, it was Patrick Mack. Okay, right, right, okay. Yeah, I was probably doing my Shades, the Shades Band. I had uh, my, my wife singing. You, and, yeah, I think you were with Shades. Yeah. When we started the company, we, we had Express and Shades and uh, originally Mark, Mark was running uh, Express and I was running Shades as the band leaders and then Mark, uh, you know, got out of that into the business side of it. And uh, yeah, Patrick came along and uh, yeah, Patrick Mack. Yes, of course. That's yeah. awesome, man. Mm -hmm. Patrick had a, a quote or a phrase before we went on stage every night and it was frenzy. So we would like just go crazy before we went on stage. And <laughs> bring the frenzy to the stage. And that was the way we lived express band was that frenzy that party on stage i'm sure it was a great band yeah definitely my, my 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 family that's awesome we have a question uh uh from uh, jonas jonas is watching all right jonas cheers jonas is asking hey, bring me yes get yourself a little uh, a little bevy little drink Little drinky drink. It is, it is Friday. I know. Well, it's Friday night for me. It's Friday afternoon for you, but Friday's Friday, right? Yeah, right. And I don't have anywhere to go today, so. <laughs> so a little, get a little glass of wine or something, Kat. Uh, Jonas is asking. Um, he's asking, is there any new blues out there, or is it all mostly like classic blues? So I'm not sure what he means. I guess classic. He means like the. Uh, I know what he means. Yeah. How would you answer that? I I um, so I believe he's talking about, thank you. Uh, white, please. Sorry. It's all right. Um, I believe, <laughs> I believe he's talking about like old school, like um, is it still just like the BB Kings and, um, yeah. and Muddy Waters type stuff? There's mm -hmm. so much new blues, so many young, blues musicians still in their early early 30s and 20s and stuff bringing out bringing the blues into into the future and i think it's very necessary um mind you there Absolutely. are still a lot of blues uh current blues musicians that are doing uh traditional blues and keeping the blues in its purest form and then there are those like me who are injecting a little bit of um, adaptation into it so that it will live. Like every living thing, you gotta adapt to what's to the world around you in order to survive and not become extinct. Yeah. So there's a lot, Jonas, I'm telling you, go online, look up contemporary blues musicians, look up current blues musicians. I'll give you a couple of names right now. Okay, hope you're ready, take notes. One mm -hmm. of my favorites, her name is Anika Chambers. Um, so that's A-N-N-I-K-A. -N -N and then I love uh, Christone Kingfish. Um, the big guy. Yes. Yes, he's so awesome. Young, but he's, there's like this old dude awesome. living inside of him. And I find that a lot in young blues musicians. They are, and, and in blues lovers that are younger. I find that 
there's an old spirit that has inhabited their soul and it's expressing itself through them. So that's another thing I really dig about the blues. So that's them. You got Eric Gales. I well, mean, Eric Gales is a, he's a crazy, crazy good guitar player. Um, you know, like, just like that's Eric Gales is just, he, he plays monster. this way left-handed, you know, he plays like Hendrix and he's just, I yeah. don't know. I don't know how he got to play like that, but I watch him and I'm like, no, just stop, please. It's crazy. Actually, I'll send you a link because he did he did discuss how and why he plays the way he does. Mm -hmm. So later I'll send you a link to that. Yes, please do. I've, I've been a fan uh, of Eric Gales for, for, for many years, many years, man. He's, I just saw him in a, in a, in a thing with, uh, I think, uh, Joe, Joe Bonamassa. Yeah, oh my God, that was sick. Something together in the studio, yeah. yeah. Oh, we oh, saw studio, I saw a live um, on stage. They were at a festival. Cheers, Jonas. <laughs> now I'm there ready. There you go. Cheers. If Jonas has a drink, cheers. If you guys have a beverage, cheers. Happy Friday. But there was a live performance and, and Joe Bonamassa invited Eric Gales on stage to play. And they it was like a conversation they were having with their guitars. It was incredible to watch. I love Incredible. it. I love it. I'll, I'll have to look it up, you know, and that's what I, I love so much about the blues is that conversational aspect of it, that, that, um, you know, great blues players, they do a narrative, you know, I, I, I I've um, played with a lot of musicians and, you know, you, you're, you're jamming or you, you get up and they'll say, you know, oh, it's easy. It's just the blues, man. You know, when they say that, I think they're referring to the chords. Maybe it's just three chords, but uh, I really don't, don't think it's easy because, um, there's not a lot to work with. I mean, from a musical standpoint of view, just as a guitar player, at least, you know, you've got five or six notes to work with and you, you can be very, very expressive with that. And it's, there's an art, art to it, you know, to um, being able to, uh, to be a storyteller. You know, I work on it so much, especially playing slow blues, you know, slower blues, you, you know, there's nowhere to hide, man. You have to, it's you've got to, you know, commit to it. You've got those, those, those five or six notes. And you've got it. You got to be. You got to have a narrative going. You got to keep your listener involved and, and tell the story. And um, I love it. I love it. I mean, right. when I pick up the guitars, the first thing I play is 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 blues. It's the first thing I feel. You know, I studied right. jazz in school, and of course, I played top forty for for, for decades. And I love R and B, and you know, anything that's roots that that's feel oriented. For me, the right. blues is it's it's where it all comes from. It's right. all and there, man. Right it's, there. it's feel feel music. That is key. Feel music. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about the blues. It is authentic. It is feel music. And those people say it's easy because I feel like, I think they say it's easy because they feel it. It's real for them. This is their life. They are the blues. So mm -hmm. it's easy for them because that's already inside of them waiting to come out. Mm -hmm. um, the difficult part is keeping it real. You know, and, and especially if you're a blues musician full time, it's got to be something you feel daily, momentarily, because if, if you're up there just trying to play the blues or sing the blues, it doesn't translate if it's not coming from a true place. And when it's coming from a true place, you can do exciting things with those few chords. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. When you, when you go on tour, uh, Kat, do you have like uh, the same... Uh, core, do you have like a band that's your core band or you just kind of change it with different musicians? How does that work? Um, I've been working with two bands. I have a US band and a Europe based band. Okay. Um, and that, that's been very helpful for me because at, right now I'm still building my name. I'm still building my brand, um, paying dues. Uh, so doing it like that makes it more affordable. Of course, because if you um, get gigs in Europe, you just have to get in the airplane, just you and your microphone, right. as opposed to lugging over. Yeah, okay, of course, that, that makes a lot of sense. Right. So when I'm in Europe, I use my um, Holland bass band and we travel around Europe. And then when I'm here, if I have gigs in the U.S., my band here, we travel around the U.S. and North America. So that's how it's been working so far. I have been, before COVID, I've been doing um, a couple of fly-in stuff and just um, kind of doing stuff with other bands that are already put together in certain cities. Um, and that was the plan 
for this coming summer, but things got postponed. Yeah. So it all depends. It all depends on, on what I need and, and what I can afford, um, okay. which band I use and, and what I do. I see. And when you do that, are you like, do you kind of become the, the band leader per se when, when you go onto those gigs or are you like? I am band? the band okay. I'm the band leader. If, if we're doing my music, then I'm the band leader. Um, but sometimes I, I'm a guest, a featured artist or something like that. And in that case, whoever's band it is, obviously they're, they're the one who, who will lead the band. But normally, um, especially with my blues revivals, I, and the band lead. Okay. And how does that, uh, do you, does you like that? Just that something you enjoy or do you? I do like it. Challenges there doing that? Yeah, yeah. There's, um, <laughs> I'm very specific. I have um, very detailed goals in mind and images in my head of how I want the show to go. I do a lot of planning and um, visualizing so it's necessary for me to be the one to say this is how it has to go because it's all in my head, you know. Mm. And, you know what I mean? So in that case, that's necessary. In the beginning, though, I first started doing blues and, and doing this full time when I got back home. As a female non-instrumentalist, um, it was difficult to get people to recognize me as a professional and take me seriously and respect me, you know, as mm -hmm. the band lead, even though my name was the one on the marquee or whatever it is. Um, so I've had experiences where um, whoever the booker is at the club or festival, or whatever it is, will walk right past me and go to my guitar player, a guy. Simply and because he's a man and he thinks that man. I better speak to, speak to the guy because he, he must right. be in charge. You can't ask be. him who to make the checkout to or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. They're like, hey, oh, hold up. Hey, hello. Yeah. Right. But I don't, I didn't, at, at that time and at this time, I don't have to do that anymore. But in the beginning, the guys were the ones saying to whoever it was, go talk to boss lady. You know, the redirection. There was a lot right. of redirection necessary. Uh, but now it's not as difficult being recognized and respected as a band leader. Um, still a lot of headaches because, you know, you know, musicians. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you, know, you know, I've been a band leader for many years and I work with a lot of different people. So, of course, man, yeah, musicians can can sometimes be their own worst enemy, just simple things and uh, you just obvious things and right. they can still struggle with them. And yeah, it's interesting right. being perspective, you know, being perspective I, as, a, as a singer when you're just kind of like a singer. And then when it's like, it's your name is up there, people are coming to see you now. And, you know, it's your music. You're, you're, the, you're the front person and everyone else is kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm just a guitar player, man, or whatever. And, yeah. and, I, and I'm lucky that, you know, now I'm at that point where people do recognize that. But, I, and I love all the musicians that I've, that I've worked with um, because they have been able to, to kind of have my back in that area. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I've been lucky when it comes to being a band leader, but I do have a few extra gray hairs because of it. <laughs> okay, okay. We got some people saying hi. We had Jonas said said hi. Benjamin Schutzer is saying hi. Frank the Tank, do you know Frank the Tank? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hey. I've heard of him in L Live. I don't know if we ever met though. Okay. Frank, have we met? I, I don't know, but I know the name. Yeah, Frank the Tank. He's quite famous, uh, of course. You know, he's having anyone, any, anyone has the name The Tank is, you know, <laughs> come on, right there, you know. Right. Pretty impressive. Uh, Bruno, Bruno Neves or Neves, Bruno. Yeah, uh, this is Hello from Mambo Taxi. Does that make any oh, sense? Oh, yes, I know who that is. <laughs> Hello, my dear. Okay. <laughs> and hi from Cat. Uh, we have a cat from Venezuela. Oh, cool. Hey, cat, cat. A, a wonderful singer yeah yeah so she's she's saying hi just get i guess get the messages uh because i can't see the facebook feed so i just have them uh, sent over here from omar oh. another shout out to omar who's doing a great job behind the what scenes what would we do without omar i don't know i really i honestly don't know i wouldn't be able to find my way onto you know just to press a couple of simple buttons and uh yeah <laughs> it's uh yes he's doing a great job yeah um, shout out to omar 
Absolutely. So the band leading thing, yeah, that's interesting. Get get your perspective on it. And uh, do you have any, uh, you know, on or off stage, like anything that really kind of uh, gets some, you know, pet peeves kind of thing that, uh, I mean, I've got a couple, but uh, I'd rather get your, uh, if there's anything that you're just like, oh no, you just don't, don't do that on stage or off stage, you know, I mean. Okay. So you mean like as far as the, the, the musician or the audience? Uh, either or actually either or. i've got i've got i've got both i've got things that uh, happen on stage that really kind of you know and then of course the audience can be the audience for me is just the guy that just keeps relentlessly asking for the same song and you you know you you, you apologize we don't know that song is there another song that we can play we'll do a, a song in the same by the same artist same style but he just has to just you know that, that could be cha challenging shall we say right yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I've had that. Um, like, you know, we've discussed, I play blues music. Um, and then there'll be, you know, there'll be those people having a lot of fun that'll come to the stage and ask for like Beyonce. Yes. Or, that's, you know, yeah. I, you know, Cotton Eye Joe or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that too. yeah. They you don't, know? they just, yeah. It's that, and you know, these people are just having fun. So you, I've got to find a nice way to, to say that's not what we do. And yeah. I try to humor a lot. Um, pet peeves on stage, on stage. Mm, I don't know if I could say it because everybody probably on my feed knows who I'm talking about if I say this. <laughs> okay, I don't want to get any anybody called out here, but I'll leave it in your good hands then. Here's yeah. what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. One of my pet peeves on stage, because you asked and because it's you and L Live, I will be completely honest and transparent. Is that guitar player who constantly turns that amp up? Mm. And you know what I mean? Yes. And and it's already we're already sound check we've line checked everything's in place everything's perfect yeah but throughout the night that volume gradually just gets louder and louder until nobody else in the band can be heard yeah yeah but that, i mean that's uh, one I, of my issues. yeah I, I have the same thing i but have the same i mean i'm a guitar player and i try to be very very aware of my blend and where i fit in in the overall music and from song to song you know, song to song, some songs, there's just not a lot of guitar in there and I don't need to be that present. I'll, I'll be there underneath the singer. And other songs, of course, if they're guitar dominant, I'm gonna turn up a bit. So I'm gonna do this all night. I'm gonna go like that all night. I have a volume pedal and I use, I use my, on my guitar, I use the, the volume knob, so. It's yeah. dynamic, it's dynamic. But every song, if I'm singing, um, I don't know, if I'm singing, Twinkle, twinkle, little star. I don't need like a shredded guitar on that. Need... <laughs> so that's one of my. Anyway, we'll laugh about this later. <laughs> well, we will. No, but I think it raises a good point. I mean, it's just about about dynamics and listening. You know, whether it's a guitar player or whether I mean, I've had drummers that that played like really right. loud, and you're like, bro, man, right. just in the verses, bring it down in the verse, let the song breathe a bit. Yeah. You know, and come on. Gotta up make the choices. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, being dynamic on stage and blending is, uh, it's it's that's music. I mean, when, uh -oh, when you're I not... lost you, you froze for a second. Oh, am I still here? Wait a am minute. Good? Omar, am I frozen? Am Wait. I good? You're am back. Good? Yay! Oh. Yay! <laughs> 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 Great. Yeah, let me just let me just tweak the view here. Okay. Um, sorry, again the technical thing here. Okay, I'm gonna go with that. I think that looks okay. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. That's just just overall listening and being receptive, and you know, it's it's like having. I always say to the guys, we're having a conversation, and right now you're yelling when you should just be speaking in a normal voice. Or you're whispering when you should be speaking a bit louder. So it's just listening. But that's it's a good point. It's a good yeah. point. Um, we have some more shout outs. Oh, okay. My wife is saying hi. I guess she's saying hi to me. L.A. Benjamin. You never met my wife? I don't think so. Okay. She's in Toronto. Hi, sweetie. Hi, and sweetie. 
my son is watching, perhaps, <laughs> or he's watching cartoons. It's more likely he's watching cartoons. Oh, if he has a choice of a screen, one is me and one is cartoons. He's probably watching cartoons. cartoons. Yes. How old is he? He's seven. I have a seven-year-old and I have a, uh, my goodness, it's going gonna, it's gonna to date me. I have a 22-year-old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've got two lives going on. I've got, yeah, my first marriage, my older boy, Liam, and, uh, and my current wife, L.A., and my, my little boy, Kieran. Yeah. And, uh, and Ivan, Ivan Castro is a wonderful guitar player. Uh, he says hi. And Earl Brown. Earl Brown, maybe Earl Brown's a friend of yours. Earl Brown. Um, so many names in, in, on okay. that list that I appreciate, uh, Earl Brown, probably New Orleans. Okay. I don't know. We'll okay. figure out. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. We got some people, uh, uh tuning in and uh, if you're tuning in guys, uh, check out cats, cats music, check out her channel. I know you have a, a YouTube channel as well, so we'll put some links in here. And everybody likes to get that uh, subscribe thing. And then is it uh, Gulf Coast uh, Records? Is that your record label? Or that's yeah, a label that's, that you're on? That's a brand new thing. Um, I just signed the Gulf Coast Records officially in January of this year. Okay. And, um, oh, speaking of that Eric Gales interview, Mike Zito, who is one of the label heads at Gulf Coast Records, is the one who did the interview with Eric Gales. Please don't let me forget to send you that week. Anyway. Okay, that's um, cool. Yeah, I, I just signed with Gulf Coast Records and it's a brand new label, um, but they they have, I mean, they've hit the ground running. They've got heavy hitters on the roster and I'm grateful to be in there with those people so I can rub some shoulders and have some stuff, some good stuff rub off on me. Um, they've had a successful year already so far, several BMA um, nominations and wins. Um, Billboard chart, chart toppers um, in blues, and I just couldn't be more proud to be on any label than I am with Gulf Coast right now, you know. And they're extremely uh, supportive, and they are vocal about their support um, when it comes to what's going on right now politically, and um, when it comes to uh, the social climate in America. Mm -hmm. right yeah everybody's well, speaking to have them so. have my back that's great that's great well i'm sure it's just a matter of time before you're you're in the you're in the blues charts as well in the billboard man for sure keep talking to god keep talking to god I'm hey, gonna talk hey, to that's you. great no your music is great it's well produced i mean i listen to it and i i love the mix i listen to the way you sing and uh it's great even when you sing cry out when you sing when you get to the word cry there's a slight slight little break in your voice like a little bit i don't mean like a wrong thing or an off note but yeah. there's a you know what i mean there's there's, there's that little was, break when you sing it it's 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 really nice i had considered re taking it um when we were still in the studio and just left it alone just because at the time and i and i preach authenticity when it comes to blues um Especially in blues oh, music, yeah. Right, so it wouldn't have been, if I polished that up, it wouldn't have been right. So I just left it. Yeah, yeah. Well, good, good. I think it's it's much I more effective, effective like that with a little bit of a uh, little bit of, you know, you know, just a lot online now about that. Music isn't supposed to be perfect, and now because of course the, the technology allows us to just tune everything perfectly, quantize and and in on a grid and every note. And uh, I've been like yeah. on a logic, I've been on a logic thing this whole last month. I've been out of work and I'm like, wow, I can, I can do that. And, you know, you got to make this, this choice is like, should I do that? And I play stuff for my wife and she's like, say, Mikey, that sound doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound natural. Your, your voice sounds like, so yeah, maybe, yeah. I, maybe I kind of, <laughs> let and me take that off. The right <laughs> to ask because she knows, <laughs> you know, yeah. so that's a good person to bounce those things off of. I just yeah. love that. I, I just, you know, when it comes to blues, I just like, the thing is for me, when I perform live, I don't wanna sound, I don't wanna sound worse than my records. You know, so I wanna give them as close to what they're gonna get on stage in the yeah. record so that if they're sitting in the audience, it's not like, oh man, she sounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How come she's so different from that record we bought, right? Yeah, <laughs> don't want that. Yeah, no, of course, of course. 
Well, that's great, man. Just keep it real and keep it authentic. And uh, that's, that's blues to me. You know, it's, it's got, it's got, it's not supposed to be perfectly polished and uh, you know, it's got, it's got that in it. There's uh, yeah. A lot of feel and grit in it, man. Yeah. And, you know, it's a guitar player. I'm just, yeah. I mean, it's mostly what I, I still listen to is, is, is blues or blues based uh, music, you know, um, and the guitar players, if you, you know, I'm, that's what I do. I've been doing it for decades and there's that whole lineage that goes back to the early guys. And, you know, if, if you listen to, you know, people reference all the British rock guys and they all reference the blues guys and Hendrix references, you know, T-Bone Walker and T-Bone Walker. You, the farther back you go, you just get into this just amazing music. If you're yeah. willing to uh, take the time to study it. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of homework. You'll find so many new favorites. Mm hmm. It's still very relevant. That was kind of our theme today, you know, is it still relevant in 2020? Music's changed so much. And uh, I listen to top 40 and I don't get it now. I mean, like straight ahead top 40 stuff that I'm supposed to play for work that we're trying to find, you know, happy music and songs that uh, people can dance to. It's uh, The landscape has just changed, uh, Kat, I feel at least so much. But uh, blues still remains like that, that kind of music that, you know, when you hear blues, you just, oh yeah, you know, you hear a shuffle you hear yeah. like a, a yeah blues is like an anchor you know you can always you know that that it's steady um if you go back to it and it and it's like coming home you know you can yeah yeah absolutely man to, to, to get re-rooted and yeah. then start all over i love it blues to me it's like your your wife without her makeup on and her pajamas uh-huh yeah you know, natural that's, a it's natural. just natural. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you don't That's have to make good. it that much. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Good. So, um, yeah, we'll be looking for more of your music and um, keep doing what you're doing. We look forward to, uh, of course, all getting back into the music scene and playing again. And speaking of music, I like to ask a couple of questions around the end of this. And um, one of them is the desert island scenario. So the... Ah. Yes, the Tom Hanks thing, uh, the the Wilson, and the and you have to you have a device that can only stream three artists. Okay, this is just kind of a, a made up thing, of course, but uh, just curious if you could only pick three three artists to to have to live with on that thing to stream. You know, anything. If you pick if you pick one artist, you have their whole catalog available to you. You right. know. So when you, when, first of all, thank you for giving me a, a little outline because I don't usually get that when I do interviews and then they spring questions like this on me and then I'm like, oh crap, that's a thinker. Yeah. You know, because it's not easy to just choose three. I, I know. I know. The first time I did it with Terrence, I said, oh, can you pick three songs? And I saw his expression because he didn't expect it. And he was like, oh, three songs. I went, okay, wait a minute. That's a little bit overkill. Yeah. Let's try Let's just try three artists. So uh, yeah, that's better, but it's still difficult. Mm -hmm. um, so I was think I have been thinking about this, and I think okay. So first of all, I got it. Tina Turner's coming with me. Oh, good choice, good choice, Done. man. Because then you get all the stuff with Ike. You get all that stuff, right? All that that awesome R and B stuff, and and You're all in the my soul. Head. Get out of my head! It's crowded. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get the solo Tina Turner stuff, right? You get all the live. Yeah, yeah. that's a good choice. Everything from from the blues, um, yeah. R and B, you know, and then rock and roll, heavy like she. You ever, hear, you ever hear "Sexy Ida" by Tina Turner? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. it's like it's like a funk. It's like funk, it's you know. Funky. Yeah, you know, so I get it all with that. So I can dance and I can cry and I can just, you know, do ballads with Tina Turner on the island. And then- Good choice. Um, who else had, I had somebody else in my head. Oh, so many. Okay, there's so there's an artist called ZZ Ward. And on one of her songs, it was the first time I heard Fantastic Negrito. And then I started digging and his voice I love, point blank, like already, but he has messages and I like conscious music. I like lyrics. I like songs that say something. Um, so he would be another one because he's also, he also gets funky, kind of like, he, he's got that Prince thing going on in some of his songs. And then some of those songs, you get that James Brown grunt thing going on. Yeah, yeah. So it's there. So that's two. 
That's two. One. <laughs> That's two. Two good ones, man. Yeah, you're hooked up pretty good. Um, I, and then I was thinking, I was thinking gospel, right? Um, because I like, I love a lot of gospel. When I'm getting ready to go on stage, I listen to gospel. I don't mm -hmm. run scales. I don't do stuff like that to warm up. I just sing gospel music, like well, when I'm doing my makeup. Be a great warm up in itself, right? For me, it is, and and I don't. I'm not saying that that's. I wouldn't coach anybody to do that, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm not. I, I might not be doing stuff right, and I tell people that all the time. I'm not, I'm not a vocal coach. Don't do what I do for my warm ups. It just works for me because of my voice, and I'm in blues, not in pop or classical or anything like that. That I need a clear voice. Um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll take some Johnny Walker Black with me on stage to help me stay nice and warm. I don't, don't try this at home. Don't condone. <laughs> we want to say that. Don't, yeah, you youngsters out there now, you don't want to try that at home. Cat is, is a trained professional, sing. right? You're a trained professional. So I am a trained professional and I went to boot camp in Southeast Asia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, so there's like uh, Tamala Mann, Marvin Sapp, um, this, her name is Corinna Hawthorne, but I think if, if, for my sanity and for my spirit, and also because, again, I love lyrics and I've been influenced a lot by, in my writing by like Maya Angelou and um, Langston Hughes, and, but I think one of those great writers in music is Tracy Chapman. Oh, yeah. I would definitely take her with me to that island. Okay, cool. Cool. I've been playing that song for a while. Tina Turner, Fantastic Dorito, and Tracy Chapman. Good choices, Kat. Really good choices. I love I love asking this because uh, I never know what to expect. And usually it, it's been a nice bl a blend, um, uh, you know, with some 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 things that I wouldn't expect or artists like, I'll, I'll want to be looking up. I'll watch this the replay of this and I'll be like, hang on. Let me let me let me see who this is. You know, yeah, you just and you discover some really incredible new music that you'd not heard before. So so that's yeah. always a, a bonus. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go back through the rest of your lives and try to hear what other people said and start doing some digging myself. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, listen, I really want to thank you very much for for coming on and doing this today, and I uh, want to wish you continued success. Uh, singing blues uh, music and doing your thing, your your, your own thing, and uh, getting back on the road as soon as possible. As soon as uh, maybe this summer will be challenging, I think for a lot of artists, right? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, um, right now, um, I just lost a tour in Europe. For I was supposed to go back in um, August at the end of September. Um, so that's gone now, but I still have things lined up for November in Europe. So hopefully I can get there. Um, there's a big blues bender in Las Vegas in September. And um, as far as I know that is still on right now, the people on the bender board are walking by faith. You know, they're still going on with the planning and acting as if. So I'm going to I'm going to do that. I'm going to follow their lead and act as if walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah. So those things are coming up. Um, hopefully there will be more. We shall see. And hopefully at the end of August, we will have the release of the entire Cry Out project. That'll be great. We'll be looking for that. So because right now it's just the single that's out, right? Right. But I know you do have other albums. There's other stuff there. You've got like you, you've got other music that you've recorded to other albums, yeah. right? So I have other albums that are out. But um, I think my, my first full blues release was in uh, 2016 so it goes back to there there's an album that i recorded actually mostly in soul with cam cameron pearson okay, and really? okay. project and it's not really blues it's more old school r&b with some blues undertow right um but that was recorded in mostly in seoul south korea so the ep is called soul music s-c-o-u-l music oh okay okay and, cool um, yeah, so that 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 one is uh, one of those archive things. <laughs> <laughs> Some a souvenir, a souvenir from the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there's stuff out that you can hear now, but cry out should be coming in in the end of at the end of the summer. 
I look forward to it. And once again, thank you so much. Uh, all the best. Uh, stay safe. Stay thank healthy so with the virus. All the best. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it, Michael. You too. You guys stay safe over there. And um, yeah, I hope to see you guys again soon. Hope so. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank Bye. you guys. See you next Friday. Thanks, Kat. Bye, hon.